Where the blue of the night meets the gold of the day. Someone waits for... Wait a minute, folks. You ain't heard nothing yet. Hello, Al Jolson speaking. Al, this is Ken Carpenter at the Kraft Music Hall. You're supposed to be over here. From Hollywood, the Jimmy Durante Show. Ink, a dink a dink, a dink a do, a dink a dink. Oh, what a tooth! A dink a dink, a dink a dink, a dink a dink. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another Triple Stack Tuesday. We have Bing Crosby for us, as well as the Jimmy Durante Show and the Al Jolson Show from the Kraft Music Hall. First of all, on Bing's show, he's going to have famous swimmer Esther Williams with him, who uh, was a swimmer couldn't take part in the Olympics because they were um, messed up by World War II starting, of course, and she was discovered and put into Hollywood musicals throughout the 40s and 50s, and these musicals were called aqua musicals because they would have her swimming in a giant pool with a bunch of other swimmers, uh, very famous, and uh, here she performs uh, some numbers with Bing. She doesn't actually sing, I don't believe. It's going to all be um, banter that she has with Bing. Uh, but it's a fun episode. After that, we have the Jimmy Durante show with Jimmy Durante actually coming back. He's been away in the hospital and now he's back, which is wonderful. And then following that on the Al Jolson show, he has Walter O'Keefe visiting. Walter O'Keefe was on the Bing Crosby show just a few weeks ago at least in 1948 time frame and uh, when he was on there they were singing a song that was a spoof or a joke song about Al Jolson so of course now he's on Al Jolson's show they'll return the favor to Bing Crosby so I thought I would bring forward that song so you can hear that so we will hear the song that Walter O'Keefe and Bing Crosby sing uh, that will go us take us right into the Bing Crosby episode and then the Jimmy Durante show and then Al Jolson show where you get to hear a response to that song. So without further ado, let's get into our great shows for tonight. Enjoy. How about it? Are you going to overlook my vocal talent again this time? No, Walter, tonight you sing. Well, Bing, I've written a song about Jolson. A song about Jolson? Mm-hmm. Something flashy? Uh, naturally. It's a calypso, a Cal- sort of a saga. Of Al Jolson. Well, I've never clipsed much, but I've sagged some. I'll go ahead if you just start it for me. Watch the tempo. Sound the siren, clang the bell, let the trumpets blare. Here he comes, Senor Al, the newest king of the year. And he's still got all his own hair. The kid is loaded. When he sings Mammy, 
It isn't Hammy. He often sings on key. Oh, what an actor. Kel quaint cut actor. He sings his best on bended knees. Selling mucha velita. Saluta, senor Holson. As an entertainer, no one is his equal. So the story of his life has got a sequel. This caballero's very clever. It looks as if he'll live forever. This hombre's popular, that's why he's such a star. Radio's find of the year. It says here. Oh, how old is he? Quien sabe? You should live so long. Like old man River, he don't know nothing. He just keeps rolling along. El hombre madre de Dios, quiero comprendo. This man Saga has spoke Sagaga. He sold the story twice. And that means more money, oh so much money, which makes his home life very nice. Very nice. Saluta, Senor Holston. He was loved by everybody's great grandmother, as he is today by everyone's kid brother. He's like a cartoon drawn by Disney. But what a time he's having, isn't he? Incomprehensible, most indispensable radio find of the year. His first picture, the jazz singer in Warner Brothers Employed, made movie history, and that's no mystery. That's what he sang, that sunny boy. And he made that kid climb up on his knee and sit there for seven years. He reels. sings an old song and makes it new. He makes a new song old. He sings the vocal, but he's no yokel. He sings it straight from the shoulder. Takes many a bow. Salute, Senor Holson. The Academy Award for Brilliant Acting. That's an honor Mr. Jolson's not expecting. Now with his new show, he's a new man. He thinks he sings as good as Margaret Truman. This guy is regular, that's why he's popular. In the vernacular, he shoots a course in part. That's why he's such a star, very spectacular. Radio find of the year. All his agents, amigo. Fine, fine Calypso, really great. It'll sell a million copies. And if I know Jolson, he'll buy them all. <laughs> if I know Jolson, he can afford it. <laughs> Anyhow, Bing, but... thanks for letting me do my song. Now I can go home and face the family. Got a couple of halfbacks up there in the shelf. First night out. When the blue of the night Meets the gold of the day Meyer waits for me Welcome you to Philco Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, the Rhythm Airs, and Bing's guests, Esther Williams and Red Engel. Ken, we should be fairly jolly this evening because we've got Esther Williams for beauty and charm, we've got Red Engel and his mad musical satire, we've also got you, Ken, for your rich, 
witty, unctuous, sparkling cocoa commercial. <laughs> well, thank you, Lillis, but, uh, uh... <laughs> what about you? Oh, Ken, people don't tune in to hear me. It's those commercials of yours that people like. What people? The Philco people. Well, naturally. That takes care of our first commercial. No, we no, proceed no, now no, into no. the opening number of our... Hmm? No, we no? can't do that. All yeah. right, but we have other important guests, you know, Ken, right here in the audience. We have the entire Notre Dame football squad yes, loaded indeed. right out there. Bing, now look, just a second. What? This is the end of January. How can the Notre Dame team be out here in Hollywood? On transcriptions, you can do anything. <laughs> Our guest next week might be Pancho Villa and his entire army. We really go back. <laughs> I include Chris Penn Martin. No, he may be a... <laughs> Well, it's great to have the Notre Dame squad here, but Bing, uh, I thought you were a baseball man. Oh, no, I'm interested in all sports, Ken. Baseball, golf, hockey, football, Johnny Meyer, mm. egg anybody you want. <laughs> Uh, come to think of it, Bing, I hear that you are interested in a football team, though, the Los Angeles Rams. No, no, not interested in the Rams financially, Ken. But years ago, uh, I did own a team, the Glendale Goats. The, uh, Glendale Goats? Mm -hmm. Who'd they ever play? Nobody. We could never find 11 other goats that could play football. <laughs> and if my brother Everett wasn't a good milker, we'd have lost a lot of money that year. Oh, I see they were girl goats. Obviously, <laughs> You're going to sing an Indiana song for the Notre Dame lads tonight? That I am. If John Scott will line up his team, I'll call the Rhythm Airs over to my side and we'll plunge down the field with Kokomo. Tee up the hide, coach, and we're gone. I wish I were back again with all the sweet and simple folks I call my kin in Kokomo, Indiana. Well, if it isn't pop and hi, mom, you always had the cutest grin. In Kokomo, Indiana, just look at Rover Wag his tail. Gosh, he remembers me. And get a load of Sister Grace. You can't see the freckles for the jam on her face. How would you like to go and see that old Wabashful bow you used to know? In Kokomo, Indiana, oh, wouldn't you just as soon go out and spoon beneath the Hoosier moon? Oh, what a moon! For all of the many reasons that I've mentioned heretofore, my heart will always be in Kokomo. And of course, you know, the town of Kokomo will always be indubitably in Indiana. Now, in deference to the men who are our guests tonight, we're going to localize this song a little. Stand by. Maybe you don't know, but Notre Dame is not a place where shamrocks grow. It's really in Indiana. Call me a lying rogue, but they have men at Notre Dame without a brogue. It's really in Indiana, they've got the Wabash River where you think the Shannon flows. And they don't carry harps about, that's just propaganda Pat O'Brien puts out. Funny as it may seem, they don't have De Valera scouting for the team. 
It's really in Indiana, and for a football game, a fella doesn't have to change his name. He plays just the same. No matter what all the Irish say or what the papers claim, Killarney isn't close to Notre Dame. And although it's known I've kissed the Blarney Stone, still Notre Dame's in, really that name's in Indiana. Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Indiana. Indiana. And may we say we don't mean Purdue. That was a very, very clever twist on Kokomo, Indiana. Thanks, Ken. And John uh, Burke is the lad who twisted oh, it. Oh, Johnny Burke. Yeah, did Van Heusen help? Van Heusen just put the collar uh, on. <laughs> well, being in as much as the Local Notre Dame... Uh, <laughs> in as much as the huh? Notre Dame lads are here with us tonight, do you mind if I say a few words about football? Football? You mean Philco, don't you? Well, football and Philco. And the football season is over. Well, but the Philco season isn't over. Philco season is never over for which I am most grateful. Mm -hmm. all, all those mouths to feed. You know, Bing, I wouldn't be surprised if next year lots of football stars will carry Philco portables during the game. While they're playing? Sure. You're out of your mind. You've blown your wig, Jack. This is incredible. No, no, what are you not, gonna, no, not at all, about? Bing. Now, let, get mm. this. A runner could carry the ball under one arm, a Philco portable under the other, and he'd really be in business. He'd be in trouble if you ask me. No, now picture this. The player's got the ball. He's running down the field. And he tunes in to Harry Wismer or Red Barber. Suppose he tunes in on Luella Parsons. No. <laughs> well, he's got to have his Philco tuned into the game he's playing. Oh, I see. see. And that way he can tell who's trying to tackle him without turning to look back over his shoulder. See? I see. <laughs> I see the runner can just concentrate on galloping straight. See, that's a brilliant suggestion. Tell us more. Well, anyway, Bing, that Philco Portable's a real powerhouse anywhere you go with it. Get you more stations all along the dial. Tunes them in sharper and clearer and plays even on trains and planes without any special aerial. And you stay-at-homes will find it makes a mighty handy extra radio for traveling around the house. Just plug it in anywhere. It's tops in portables, and it's a Philco, famous for quality the world over. Well, it's cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame here tonight, but let's not forget the Ivy League and the old Eli... The great whiff and poof song. To the tables down at Maury's, to the place where Louis dwells, to the dear old temple bar we love so well. Sing the whiff and poofs assembled. With their glasses raised on high And the magic of their singing Casts its spell Yes, the magic of their singing Of the songs we love so well Shall I wasting And mavorning and the rest we will serenade our Louis while life and voice shall...
will pass and be forgotten with the rest. We're poor little lambs who have lost their way. have gone astray Gentlemen songsters off on a spree doomed from here to eternity Guest time tonight brings us one of the flashier flicker fums on the celluloid shore, the dazzling queen of the H2O set, MGM's lovely mermaid, Esther Williams. Well, well, welcome to the Philco Radio Time, Esther. May I say you look lovely in a dress? <laughs> Thank you, Bing. And may I say uh, that's a beautiful Mother Hubbard you're wearing. Well, Dixie lent me this tonight. You see... Both my shirts got in the laundry the same week. It never happened before. Quite a contretemps around the house. But Esther, take a look out in the audience. What do you think of that gang of big, broad-shouldered fellas sitting out there? My, your boys have certainly grown up. <laughs> Those aren't our kids, Esther. That group of lads hailed back from Indiana. Oh, the Notre Dame team. Mm. Oh, Bing, is it all right if I go down and sit with them, huh? You better stay right here on the stage. This is no time for a scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, can the boys come up here on the stage? Not a chance. We got them strapped to their seats. <laughs> except McGee. You know, Esther, the reason I was especially anxious to have you on this broadcast was I figured the boys from South Bend would like to meet a fellow athlete. Well, uh, why didn't you get a big athlete like Babe Ruth? Oh, no, Esther, I think you're the babe they want. Uh... Besides, you're a swimmer. Be a diversion from football. Say, Esther, how long have you been swimming professionally? Oh, since I was 16. I started in Billy Rose's Aquacade in San Francisco, you know. Oh, yes, little old Billy Rose. I remember the first Aquacade he put on. It was in New York in Lindy's restaurant. 
He had two midgets swimming in a bowl of borscht. <laughs> they dive off the cold potatoes right through a bagel. Or <laughs> Get a big hand. Oh, that must have been thrilling. No, it was nourishing, though. <laughs> I must say, Esther, you've certainly come a long way, though, since the Aquacade days. Here, you're a big star now. Incidentally, let me congratulate you on your latest picture, this time for keeps. Very interesting. Well, thank you, Bing. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. It's those billboards I enjoy. <laughs> Billboards in that bathing suit Oh, well, you know, they wanted me to pose in a French bathing suit Oh, you'd catch your death of cold <laughs> Isn't it the darndest thing? Those French people just can't make up their minds, can they, Bing? What do you mean, Esther? Well, look, first they come out with the new long dresses mm -hmm. that cover everything Then they design a bathing suit that seem to apologize You know something, Esther? <laughs> what? I accept their apology <laughs> I had an idea you would be. <laughs> and uh, by the way, you know, I'm starting a little campaign. Against French bathing suits? No, I'm not. I want you to sign my petition for National Civility Week. National, well, that sounds like a good idea. If you get enough signatures, maybe Congress will set aside a week for everybody to be sweet to everybody else. Exactly. You'd have to be sweet to me? Certainly. And I'd have to be sweet to you? Oh, yes. Where do I sign? <laughs> Civility Week's a good idea, though. It's much better than... Oh, National Go See the Road to Real Week Or National Don't Bite Your Dentist Hand Off Week Or <laughs> all those other weeks they have This is solid, substantial type of week I but, love but it But tell me, Bing mm. How can I bring Civility Week to the people? Esther, we have a microphone right here Let's show all our lucky listeners How it works, Mr. Carpenter Please take over, Manu Friends, this is National Civility Week Be sweet to your neighbor and your neighbor will be sweet to you. Now let's take the folks to Forbes Field in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where the pirates are playing a crucial game. Uh, uh, Bing, do you think we ought to? We're committed. We have to. Oh. No. One strike has been called. The tension is terrific. The crowd hushed. Here comes the next pitch. Steer up! Oops. I take that back, Mr. Crosby. That was a ball. Oh, oh Mr. Umpire, if you'll pardon my saying so, I do believe it was a strike. It was a peachy one, too, right through the middle, I thought. Do you really think so, Mr. Crosby? I, I do, I vow I do. Oh, it seemed a bit high to be a fair and square strike. No, no, now really, Mr. Reardon, it's just that I have no belt and my pants keep slipping down and make the ball appear a little higher. But it, it, it was, well, it if you insist that it was good. a strike, I shall so call it. Please do. Steer it! Thank you. Now, Mr. Umpire, you may signal the picture to cast another ball, if you will. Oh, looky, there's a ball on the way, a slow ball. Oh, so there is. Here it comes now. We still have plenty of time. How about a lime cola? <laughs> no, but I'm sure someone in the stands will throw a bottle at you if you ask them. Oh, no, no, no bottles this week. It's civility week, you know. Oh, that's right. Well, pardon my back, will you? But the slow ball ought to be here any minute. Oh, well, get ready. Don't you worry, Mr. Crosby. I saw the catcher signal the pitcher to throw you a low ball on the outside. Let it go by. Thank you. You're so sweet. I won't even take the bat off my shoulder. Strike three. You're out. Surprise, surprise! <laughs> you did fool me on that one, Mr. Reardon. You scalawag, you. Thank you, and good afternoon. Well, good day, Mr. Crosby. I'll see you in Cincinnati. 
Oh, that was grand, Bing and Ken. We're really selling National Civility Week now. What about football, though, Esther? Will the opposing players be duty-bound by your plan to be sweet to each other? Oh, certainly, Bing. Not only the players, but, well, the referee, the coach, everybody. Even the campus cutie and her football hero boyfriend will be sweeter than usual. Well, Essie, the big game is going to start in just a few minutes. This is the most important game in the whole year. Well, it's all up to you, Harry. The school is pinning the whole game on you. The team is pinning its future on you. And I'm pinning my hopes on you. Gosh, I haven't had so many things pinned on me since I was a baby. <laughs> Harry, mm. before you go out on the field, let me kiss you. Well, let me put on my nose guard first. Well, never mind, Harry. I'm going to kiss you on the forehead. Way back there. <laughs> mm -hmm. There. Now you go out on that field and win. You darn tootin', Essie. I will. I'll just kick the tar out of that old football. Harry, you forgot. Oh, civility week. I keep forgetting. Don't you dare kick that poor defenseless football. Remember, it was once a living, breathing piggy. <laughs> I just lost my head, Essie. I just completely lost control. I'll just ease it over the goalpost. In my stocking feet. I've got on nice, soft woolies. I won't even bruise it. Ah, what a game, folks. The score is nothing or nothing. Both sides refuse to score. It ain't civil. Uh-oh, I do believe quarterback Crosby is considering a tackle. Yes, he's walked over to the man with the ball, and they're having a discussion. Oh, this may be rough. Let's switch to our field microphone and pick up their conversation. I say, Trotter, dear boy, could I, could I speak with you a moment? Yes, Crosby, but do make it brief. I've got the ball in my arms, you know, and I'm expected to make a touchdown for my team. Well, you're so right. <laughs> but being on the opposing level, it behooves me to tackle you. Oh, that's true. But if you must do it now... No, must you do it now? Must you do it now? That's right. That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> Couldn't I gain a little yardage first? Well, begging your pardon, you seem to have gained a great deal of yardage already. <laughs> We now take you to the locker room where Coach Carpenter's briefing the squad between halves. Uh, boys, uh, fellows, mm -hmm. if you please, may I have a word? I, I don't like to be grumpy while you're drinking your tea, but the, uh, the score is only one to nothing in our favor. One? How'd yeah. we get that, Coach? For neatness, knucklehead. <laughs> Kept your uniforms. Get it from you and Hope, too, huh? <laughs> you all kept your uniforms very clean during the first half. Now, time is about up, men. And remember, I want you to go out there and fight. <gasps> fight? Oh, what am I saying? This is Civility Week. You boys go out there and stay just as sweet as you are. <laughs> much. You know, last season, the country was rocked by a new rendition of the beautiful old standard, Temptation, as recorded by a musical maniac named Red Engel. This boy is sort of a male cast daily. <laughs> Red has since gone on to greater fame and fortune as a result of his many more hilarious departures in the field of song satire. 
Tonight, it's our pleasure to welcome Red aboard. Red? Thanks, Bing. Take a bend. Thank you. I hear, from, I hear from all the disc dealers, Red, that your latest record, uh, Nowhere, is really crippling them. Well, it seems to be going along, Bing, but wait till you hear the new ones I'm working on. You got something outrageously new, Red? Well, they're outrageous. What do you, what do you call it? Well, don't come up in the boiler room, Mother The captain's coming down with your pay That sounds lovely Sounds attractive as the dickens And then there's that uh, The best things in life are free But you can go to jail for it <laughs> That I must hear <laughs> <laughs> Sounds gay, Red But what I'd like to hear is Nowhere The smash You got the words? Well, correct me if they're wrong, Bing But I think they go something like this Fire in the mountain Winds howling We're going nowhere Get it going You come to me from out nowhere. You took my heart and set her free. How wonderful dreams, wonderful schemes get nowheres. Every hour is sweeter than a flower to me. Skin and rink and think of pink, and that's why I keep a thinking if you go back off to nowheres. Believe me with a memory, dear. I'll stick at home. Just a hoping and a trust that you come about not in nowheres. Bringing along someone, someone to love for me. A feller asked me the other day what I liked about that spot. So I got together some arguments just to prove what it was we got. I called the president and the king of Siam and a little guy called Max. And man, they really told me. Off. So here's the facts. Ain't neither north, south, east, or west, but it's a place my mammy loved the best. The gravy there don't spill on your vest, and that's what I like about nowhere. So won't you come with me to old nowhere, where things are corny and the corn is hairy. We'll fry a fig and broil a berry, and that's what I like about nowhere. Man, when you live in there, you're on cloud eight, just solid Jackson, solid gate. Living, I reiterate, and that's what I like about nowheres. If you want a million, just write your check, and when you're in that railroad wreck, nobody takes that engine off your neck, and that's what I like about nowhere. Got queens from New Orleans, lamb shanks or dandelion greens, but the gals never grow out of the teens, and that's what I like about nowhere. We ain't got a lot of things to boot, like that there vanilla and chocolate and tutti fruit, but we got Drooper Cupid Droot. Who's he? Nobody who gives a hoot. That's what I like about nowhere. We ain't got taxes, we ain't got dough, ain't even got mother-in-laws. Why we got no alarm clocks, radios, it's a no man's land of Oz. No liquid sunshine, legal hogwash, ain't got nothing like that. Man, you name it, if we ain't got it, we won't get it. Prove that you're a mouse by eating cheese beneath the house. All right, a cowboy ride that pony nowhere's. You come to me and you got nowhere's trying to bring your love to me. Kill him on your tour. Really good. Oh, that was really great, Red. Thanks, Red. You know, Bing, huh. I, I like that sketch of Esther's about being polite and courteous and kind to everybody, but you uh, left out one thing. How about being kind to ears? Well, you mean don't blast them off with a commercial now. Just go right into the closing no, number. No, no, I'm no. Ready. Wait a minute, Tom? Bing. Wait Give just down, a minute. Bing. Just you hold can't... it just a second. I'm not going to blast. I just want to point out that a Philco won't blast your ears off. 
After all, those engineers in the Philco Laboratories spend all their time figuring out new ways to make your radio easier to listen to, like those sensational Philco table model automatics. Drop in at your Philco dealer now and take a listen to the power and performance Philco's packed into them. Tone? Oh, but the best. Let your own ear be the judge. And you can say that in spades for Philco's great console radio phonograph. In fact, Philco's magnificent 1270 gives you the kindest thing that's happened to ears since they took the horns off the talking machines. No hiss, no screech, no scratch. When you play your records with Philco's new electronic scratch eliminator. You haven't heard anything till you've listened to your favorite platters playing against that background of blissful silence that you get with Philco's 1270. It's the last word in luxurious listening from Philco, the leader. Out in Culver City, the MGM people have cooked up a flicker version of the Broadway musical Good News. The big ballad in the piece, they tell me, recites the following philosophy. There are so many kinds of riches And only one of them is gold The wealth you miss Remember this Worthwhile things cannot be bought or sold The moon belongs to everyone The best things in life are free The stars belong to everyone They gleam there for you and me the flowers in spring, the robins that sing, the sunbeams that shine, they're yours, they're mine, and love can come to everyone, the best things in life are free. The robins that sing The sunbeams that shine They're yours They're mine And love can come To everyone The best things in life the echo dies, let me hasten against time to call a halt to these proceedings for the, tonight and thank Esther Williams and Red Engel for guesting with us this evening. Oh, thank you, Bing. I certainly enjoyed it. Me too, Bing. No more than we enjoyed having you. Say, who's your guest next week, Mr. C? Well, next week we got a, a big salute to vaudeville lined up. Good night, Esther. Red, so long, folks. Thanks, fellas, for coming. This program was produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Murdo McKenzie. 
Esther Williams appeared through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Sinclair Lewis's Cast Timberlane, starring Spencer Tracy, Lana Turner, and Zachary Scott. Tune into Philco Radio Time next week and hear Bing's guests, Jimmy Durante, Dick Hames, and Mark Hellinger. And remember, for tops in radio listening all the time, get a Philco, famous for quality the world over. Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jimmy Durante Show from the 1947-1948 season. We have a special guest star today on the Jimmy Durante Show. We have Jimmy Durante. <laughs> he's back, finally. It's been four weeks and he's been gone. Had great people covering for him, but it'll be fun having him back. I'm hoping he's going to talk a little bit about why he was gone, because I still don't understand that 100%. But... I kind of doubt it. Usually they just go kind of right on and barely mention why they were out, but we shall see. I don't know about anybody else out there, but I'm getting a little tired of the water guy with the bubble voice. <laughs> hes I mean, he was kind of interesting for one time, but as a recurring character every week. And even his jokes are kind of the same. I, I, I was amazed because, um, let's see, when Bob Hope was on, he made a joke about... Um, Dewey, who of course was running for president, tied into you know the dew in the morning sort of thing, uh, water, uh, tying into the bubble guy. And then now, each week since then, the bubble guy has said, if not the exact same joke, really close, and it's always about Dewey, and it's like, really? So, <laughs> but this is true of so many of the stooges in radio, that I just find you get sick of them after a while. There's there's so much the same thing. It really makes you understand how amazing it is that Jack Benny could bring people in that and and keep them sort of interesting, or at least not have them around all the time. He would have some breaks, and so you would invite that character back and be delighted when they came back. Um, Mr. Kitzel might have pushed it a little bit sometimes, but still, the bits weren't the exact same. They were similar, but it's like... With some of these stooges on other shows, it just seems like they're doing almost the exact same bit every single week. So it just gets old. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks that, but email me and tell me if I am. So anyway, enjoy tonight's episode. We will see you next time. Um, let's remember, if you want to email me and co comment on any of the shows, Durante, Jack Benny, whatever, it's of course Buck Benny OTR at gmail.com. That's buckbennyotr at gmail.com. I'd love to get your comments. Um, tell me what you think. And uh, what's going to be strange coming up here with Jimmy Durante or, or a change is that he's had guests every week pretty much. Well, that's going to stop happening so much. He's still going to have some guests, but it's going to be a lot more of a self-contained show. And I'm not sure if his budget was gone. I'm not sure what 
happen or if they used up all the budget by having all these um, replacements for him this last month or something. But the show kind of changes direction here. But we shall see how it goes. We'll see you next time. Good health to all from Rexall. From Hollywood, it's the Jimmy Durante Show. Yes, 10,000 Rexall drugstores who carry the complete line of top quality Rexall drug products bring you the Jimmy Durante Show with Peggy Lee, Candy Candido, Roy Bargy and his orchestra, the Crew Chiefs Quartet, yours truly Howard Petrie, and our special guest again, the lovable Victor Moore. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the man who made medical history by using up seven gallons of ether just to put his nose to sleep. The one and only Jimmy Durante is present. You gotta start off each day with a song. Welcome home, Snuzz. Even when things go wrong. Boy, are we glad you're back. You feel better, you even look better. Jimmy, the whole bunch of us are happy that you're well enough to be back on the radio again. Why, for four weeks, we couldn't eat. Yeah, we couldn't sleep. Yeah, and we couldn't drink. Who, who are these people, Jimmy? Fans of yours? No, relatives. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of them was caught looking through the help-wanted column, and he was exiled from the family. You know, folks, I'm grateful. I want to thank you I want to thank you one and all for this wonderful reception. You know, it's good to be back on the air again talking to my many friends. And if you folks in the audience will all come backstage after the program and form a single line, I'll show you my operation. <laughs> it's hemstitched. <laughs> oh, well, Jimmy, we're certainly glad you're well again. You know, Jim, there's been a lot of illness around. Yes, everybody has got the voices. Yeah. The voices X. Yeah. Even my doctor, Dr. Balan, had it. Yeah. He had a call on another doctor, and there's one thing that puzzles me. What's that, Schnoz? When a doctor doctors a doctor, does the doctor be in doctor, doctor, the doctor like the doctor wants to be doctor, or does the doctor doctor want to be doctor the way the doctor would doctor the doctor? That's doctor and the doctor. <laughs> How do you like that? I'm out of the hospital one day and the writers are trying to send me back. <laughs> Say, Jimmy, tell me, how was it in the hospital? Were you comfortable? As comfortable as one can be with a leaky hot water bottle. <laughs> For two days, I thought I was defrosting. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have happened with a Rexall product. No, sir. No, not in your life. <laughs> Dental insult, insult to perjury giving me them big words again. <laughs> then to add insult to perjury, a nurse walks in and puts a newborn baby in bed with me. No. And I says, wait a minute, nurse, there must be some mistake. This didn't show up in the x-ray. <laughs> Just then the baby started to cry and grab my nose. He thought it was an eight-ounce bottle. <laughs> well, Jim, that's all behind you now. How did it feel getting back to your home again? Howard, I was deeply touched and overcome with a feeling of neuralgia. After four weeks away from home, I opened the front door and guess what rushed out to greet me? What? The furniture. I left the water running in the bathtub. <laughs> I found my cocker spaniel on a mantle nailing cigars together for a raft. 
Well, Schnauzer, the spots all want you to take it easy, so they've hired this young lady here standing beside me. She's a nurse. A nurse? Yes, I'm Candy. <laughs> if this is Candy, it's been in the vending machine too long. <laughs> I'd rather have an old Nick. Tell me, miss, what experience have you had? Well, once a patient of mine was reading a magazine when suddenly his temperature went up. Then it went down. Then up. Then down. Then up. Then down. What caused that? Not enough ice bag. Too much Esquire. <laughs> well, I don't know if I need a nurse, but, uh, but if I do, I'll get in touch with you. Oh, goody. You can call me at Hillside 9970. And if a man answers, don't hang up. It's me. <laughs> you know... <laughs> couple of voices like that, that kid could go study with himself. <laughs> but I don't need a nurse, Howard. Of course not. Why, Durandy is as good as he ever was. And still the darling of the corset crowd. <laughs> Why, you should have seen me last night at that welcome home party, tended in my honor by the social leaders of Beverly Hills. Let me tell you about it, Howard. Tell Jim. I never in my lifetime was so delighted. Honest, I'm as happy as a clown. It happened at a musicale where I was invited In the swankiest home in this town I knew the joint was swanky, there was a doily under every cuspidor <laughs> What a party, I rubbed elbows with Iturvy I rubbed elbows with Shostakovich I rubbed elbows with Rubenstein I had to rub elbows with them, they wouldn't shake hands with me <laughs> After dinner, Iturvy sat down and played his latest concerto Then Shostakovich obliged with his latest etude and then Rubenstein trilled the crowd with a Sinatra he composed. After the applause subsided, all eyes turned upon me. And why not? I was sleeping. <laughs> Ignoring the hostile stares of the Hoi Palu, I walked to the piano, took my music out of my back pocket, which was wrapped around a salami sandwich. <laughs> then I sat down at the Steinway for the first time to present my symphony my melody, and this is how it went. Chitty be, chitty be, chitty be, chitty be, chitty be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chitty be, chitty be, chitty be, chitty be, chitty be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someday the world will recognize this lovely thing. I know the day will come when Frank and Bing will sing. Chitty be chitty be chitty be chitty be chitty be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, when I first sat down at the piano, the people cheered. In the middle of my concert, the people howled. And when I finished playing, a little old lady jumped up on the piano and bit me. <laughs> and to add to my humiliation, somebody stole my salami sandwich. <laughs> Believe me, folks, history will be made when I introduce my symphony at the Hollywood Bowl. I can just hear that string section. I can just hear that brass section. I can just hear the saxophones and oboes. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Another outburst like that and your drums go back to Sears and Roebuck. <laughs> folks, visualize a symphony orchestra behind me. An audience of 90,000 in front of me. A spotlight hit me, and Durani singing. Chitty be, chitty be, chitty be, chitty be, chitty be. 
Suppose your girl refuses you a goodnight kiss. There's just one thing to do you'll never miss with this. Chitty bee, chitty bee, chitty bee, chitty bee, chitty bee. And she'll go, yeah, 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 yeah. To be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation Buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification Yes, you can be sure that more than 2,000 different drug products are pure when they bear the name Rexall For the familiar name Rexall stands for purity, quality, and reliability in a complete line of drug products it's no wonder that Rexall has won first place in the medicine cabinets of millions of American homes. So, for any and for all of your drug needs, always buy Rexall. At Rexall drugstores throughout the nation, where 25% of America buys its drug products. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all, from Rexall. Ah, it's good to hear those Rexall commercials again. You know, folks, during the four weeks that I was recuperating... Hey, Jimmy. Oops! What's the trouble, Schnaz? Oh, thank heaven to you, Howard. Nowadays, when anybody sneaks up on me, I figure it's penicillin. <laughs> Every three hours, you turn over. <laughs> what? <laughs> what seems to be on your mind, Mr. P? Well, Jimmy, there's an old friend of yours here who wants to see you. If you knew Susie like I know Susie... Eddie oh, Cantor! Oh, oh, what? Eddie... Well, Jimmy! Jimmy, I didn't know you were going to be here tonight. I came over to take your place. Thank you, Eddie, but I got a bone here to pick with you. Me, Jimmy? Yeah, on your last broadcast, there was a guy in your program that sounded just like me. And everybody, even the sponsor, thought it was Durrani. Well, that's silly, Jimmy. That wasn't you. As a matter of fact, I'm not even me. You know who I am? Who are you? I'm Jimmy Durrani. In person? <laughs> Walking down the street the other day, a guy walks up to me. He says, Hey, is that your nose or are you eating a banana? <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Usher, just lock the doors. One of us is an imposter. Wait a minute, this I guy can is, prove. This guy is trying to open up a branch office. <laughs> wait a minute, I can prove I'm Jimmy Durrani. Listen to this. Everybody wants to get into the act. <laughs> I love that kind of carryings, huh? I got a million of them, a million of them. Well, if you're Durrani, why don't you say something? Oh, can I? You just did my act for the next three years. <laughs> now, come on, make up your mind. Which one are you, Cantor or Durrani? Neither. Neither. This is your old friend, Al Jolson. And listen to this, you ain't heard nothing yet. Neither. Oh, that's you on here. Oh, I love you, my dear old Swanee. One of my relatives will come up and identify me. I'll go on with the program. 
But now, ladies and gentlemen, to add a little confusion to the bewilderment, <laughs> as a special feature, we bring you the man who walks. <laughs> You're the man who walks? I had to, I missed the bus. Why, it's Victor Moore. <laughs> ah, Victor, I love you, and it's good to see you again. And you know, I want to thank you for taking my place while I was away. Ah, tush, tush, Jimmy. Nobody can take your place. By the first week that you were gone, they had Red Skelton and Gary Moore on the program. Then they had Bob Hope. Then Frank Morgan, then Al Jolson. Well, Victor, they were great, weren't they? They couldn't have been. None of them lasted more than a week. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you, Victor? You've been on for four weeks now. Yeah, and that brings up an interesting point. Money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tut, tut, Victor. Money isn't important. Money can't buy health. Money can't buy happiness. Money can't buy love. Look, just give it to me and I'll do my own shopping. <laughs> but I'm sure glad to see you looking so good, Jimmy. I heard you had a tough time of it. Oh, it wasn't so bad, Victor. I had a beautiful nurse named Lillian. And the first night I was there, she brought in some fudge, put a, put a piece between her lips and told me to take a bite. What happened then? I spoke to Lillian yesterday. Her nose is healing nicely. <laughs> Never mind, Lillian. How, how is the fudge? This boy has led a sheltered life. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, I have. You see, my family used to live next to the YWCA. And on their wash day, my father used to blindfold me. Your father used to blindfold you? Yeah, I was 27 before I found out that horses aren't the only ones that wear halters. Oh, I see. <laughs> I believe you, Victor. Yeah, but I don't mind. Who cares about girls anyway? Victor, you're not interested in the fast sex? Nah, what fun can you have with girls that you can't have with a good set of electric trains? <laughs> That's my boy who said that. No other boy can make that statement. But let's forget about boys and get back to girls. Here comes one of my favorites now, Peggy Lee. Hiya, fellas. Ah, Jamesy boy, it's good to see you. Welcome back. Ah, you make it real good to be back, Peggy. I'll lift up my nose and give you a homecoming kiss. Mmm. Mmm, Jimmy, that was wonderful. That's my Columbus kiss. It takes a long time to get around the horn, but what you discover is worth it. <laughs> ah, Peggy, you do something to me, too. I do? Yeah, you make me feel like giving my wolf call. <laughs> oh! Gosh, Victor, you're really a gay dog. Yeah, I was a gay dog. I used to be part wolf, but now I'm all setter. <laughs> He's all setter and I'm all pointer. <laughs> well, Peggy, have you got a song ready for us tonight? I sure have, Jimmy. One especially for you and Victor, and it's called I Can't Give You Anything But Love, Baby. Ah, Victor, we're lucky boys. Henry Wallace should have a third party like Peggy. Peggy. 
I can't give you anything but love, baby. That's the only thing I've plenty of, baby. Dream a while, scheme a while, you're sure to find happiness. And I guess all those things you've always pined for, gee, I'd like to see you looking swell, baby. Diamond bracelets, Woolworth doesn't sell, baby. Till that lucky day, you know darn well, baby. I can't give you anything but love. <laughs> Second story from the Rexall Laboratory. Perhaps nobody does anything about the weather, but in the Rexall Control Laboratory, they certainly do a great deal about the way the weather affects Rexall packaged products. For this modern laboratory can reproduce weather conditions in any part of the world, and many Rexall packaged products are tested under all climatic conditions. The idea, of course, is to find the packaging that will stand up under any climate. For instance, it was found that cellophane didn't give enough protection for certain products in extremely humid areas. Aluminum foil, however, turned out to be just the right material. This is only one small operation in the great Rexall tradition of strict laboratory supervision and control. But it's one more reason why you can always depend on any product that bears the name Rexall. So for any and for all of your household drug needs, always buy Rexall. At Rexall drugstores everywhere. If you want to be sure that the product is pure when you ask for a drug preparation, buy the Rexall line at the Rexall sign of Rexall identification. Good health to all from Rexall. You know, Victor, while I was convalescent from my recuperation, I came to the conclusion that you and I are playing the wrong types of roles in pictures. What do you mean, Jimmy? Well, they always cast you as a weakling. You should be one of those snarling, growling characters like Humphrey Bogart. I should? Yeah. Let me hear how you'd sound if you were snarling at Lauren Bacall. Well, I'd just say, pucker up, baby. I got a face full of lips waiting for you. <laughs> 
it's no use. No matter how much I crack it, I just can't get it to turn over. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we branch out together, Victor? We should produce our own pictures. Then we could do one of those exciting rough-and-tumble stories about counterfeiters, like the movie T-Men. Gee, that's right up my alley. Yeah. Why we run every counterfeiter out of the country. Why, I can just hear them running now. I said I can hear them running now. A sound man is like General Eisenhower. You have to coax him before he'll run. The T-Men, staunch protectors of the public welfare. Two-fisted He-Men who perform a tireless task for Uncle Sam's Treasury Department. Listen now to the words of a rugged T-Man who has just completed the vigorous six-month training course of muscle building. Give me a grape and I'll crush it. <laughs> now, I... <laughs> now I know how this guy got to be a T-Man. He keeps his brain in a little bag marked Orange Pico. <laughs> but the greatest T-Man of them all is T-Man Durante, who has been in the trail of the dangerous counterfeiter known as the Schemer. When finally cornered by Durante, the dangerous schemer looks up with his little beady eyes, draws back his vicious lips, and growls, I'm a schemer, Adrian. Wait a minute. Step aside, schemer. It's T-Man Durante. What's your record? Well, I've been a bank robber, a police snatcher, a pickpocket, a train robber, and I've even committed murder. I'd better watch this guy. He could turn crooked. <laughs> well, I admit that I'm a counterfeiter. And to prove my contempt for you, I'll show you one of my bills. Why are you making bills with Rita Haywood and a bathing suit on them? That way, it's a pleasure to kiss your money goodbye. <laughs> I got a million dollars. <laughs> I'm off the program for four weeks, and impersonators are running amok here. But I'll get the goods on you yet, schemer. I'm going to get evidence, and I'll guarantee, guarantee to employ ambiguous jurisprudence with confinement for max, maximum incarnation, and never again. Never again what? Never again will I stay up all night learning a speech like that. <laughs> well, you may have won this hand, schema, but T-Man Durante will be back. And Durante did come back, but first he laid his groundwork carefully. He looked up an old crony of the schemers known as Freddy the Fish, who said, You know, Freddy the Fish sounds like he's been up the river. But tell me, Freddy, you were with the schemer when you last escaped from prison. How did you do it? We carved a piece of soap into the shape of a revolver. You carved a piece of soap into the shape of a revolver? How did you get rid of the evidence? I swallowed it. Now I have only one thing to report. What's that? Armed with this valuable information and knowing that the schemer's weakness was women, Durante donned the disguise of a girl and went to the schemer's apartment. The schemer opened the door and, fooled by Durante's female attire, said, Well, what can I do for you, miss? Relax, Bob. Topping your Lana Turner is here. <laughs> Look, whatever you've got, I think you delivered it to the wrong address. <laughs> well, I know that you're a notorious counterfeiter, and you're just the kind of a guy I want. 
I need lots and lots of money. But why do you need so much money? To buy enough powder to cover this nose. <laughs> Gee, is that a real nose? Of course. Do you think I'd wear a falsy? <laughs> okay, cutie, and to show you I like you, here's a bottle of my favorite perfume. It's called Open the Cage Door. Open the Cage Door? Yeah, it brings out the beast in me. <laughs> I love that kind of carryings on. Wait a minute. I recognize that voice. You're not a woman at all. You're a T-man. That's right. And I'm going to take you in, schemer. Wait a minute. I was going to take you in. I'm a T-man, too. Well, can you prove that you're a T-man? Certainly. Here's a piece of lemon I always carry in my pocket. It's neater than cream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, we'll go after the schemer together. Let's go. Where to? Tough, terrible team men from Hollywood. And we're tougher than any three men. Gee, ain't we good? We've got a gun and it's a little unorthodox. It shoots for two hours, then it stops and throws rocks. We're hard hunks of horrible he men. We'll have that understood. The crime in this country will have a big shake-up. We'll scare every criminal when we take off our makeup. We're two tough, terrible team men from Hollywood. Granny, you should have been with me on my last case. I tapped a guy who sold $1,000 bills for $150. He sold $1,000 bills for $150? How could he afford that? He didn't advertise. You didn't advertise? <laughs> We're hard hunks of horrible he-men. We'll have that understood. We always get our men, but our brain is in a whirl. We'll always get our men. Can't we just once get a girl? <laughs> We're hard hunks of terrible he-men. Horrible he-men. Better than three men. We're too tough. Here are those foremost Rexall reminders for the week. Remember, 25% of America buys its drug needs in Rexall drugstores. Remember, Rexall is that large and respected family of more than 2,000 different drug products. Remember, you can always depend on any drug product bearing the name Rexall. Remember, Rexall drug products are available in Rexall drugstores everywhere. Touche, Professor Pete, and I'd like to add... I do my shopping at a Rexall store, buying Rexall drugs and a furthermore. Umbriago, he prefers them too. We buy Rexall, that's all. How about you? Say, who be with you when I'm far away? When I'm far, far away. Let me hear that high note, maestro. What a note. A note of real thanks, folks. Thanks from the bottom of my heart to all you wonderful people who rode in and wished me well. Thanks, Victor Moore. And I also want to thank my good pals who pinched hit for me on the Rexall show while I was ill. Red Skelton, Gary Moore, Bob Hope, Frank Morgan, and Al Jolson. Thanks, fellas. And thanks to my many other friends in show business who volunteered to fill in for me. 
Believe me, you made me feel proud to be a member of this profession. Ladies and gentlemen, the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis has spent $13 million in an effort to find a preventative and cure for polio. And until they are found, this expensive research must be continued. That's right, folks. In order to pay for this work and care for the victims of this awful disease, every one of us has got to give more than ever to this year's March of Dimes. Rexall for tonight, and we'll be back with you next week. From Victor Moore, Peggy Lee, Candy Candido, Roy Bargy, and yours truly, Howard Petrie. The impersonations of Eddie Cantor, Jimmy Durante, and Al Jolson were performed by Jackie Green. <clears throat> Good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. And Mrs. McGee, hold that place for me at Wonder Palms at Palm Springs. This program was produced and directed by Phil Cohan. Good health to all from Rexall. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Starring Al Jolson with Oscar Levant, Lou Bring and his orchestra and chorus, and our guest, Walter O'Keefe. So keep on looking for a bluebird and listening for its song. Whenever April is Folks, this is Al Jolson in the good old Kraft Musical. And I have a song that's got so much rhythm in it, I may have to dance part of it. So come on, Lou, let's dance. <laughs> Goodbye, blues. Birds are singing every old thing's in tune. Goodbye, blues. Nothing but laughter morning and afternoon I saw a rosebud in a star So I'm going where there's more Goodbye, blue Troubles are over, I'll be in clover soon I'm Alabama bound There'll be no heebie-jeebies hanging round Just gave the meanest ticket man on earth all I'm worth To put my tootsies in an upper berth Just hear that choo-choo sound I know that soon we're gonna cover ground And then I'll holler so the world will know Here I go I'm Alabama Bob
I'm Alabama bound. There'll be no heebie-jeebies hanging round. Just gave the meanest ticket man on earth all I'm worth. To put my tuxes in an upper berth, just hear that choo-choo sound. I know that soon we're gonna cover ground. And then I'll holler so the world will know. Here I go. I'm Alabama. Oh, that was that was swell. Oh, thanks, Ken. Grand, thanks, Al. I really enjoyed standing here listening to you sing. Oh, thank you again, yes, Ken. Yes, you thanks. know, Al, only this morning I was telling Mrs. Carpenter that I've never been on a program where I've enjoyed myself as much as I have working with you. Really? Yeah. Ken, that's nice. But, but you're, you're working with Bing Crosby, too. Yeah? What would he say if he heard you say that? Oh, I'd tell him the same thing, too. <laughs> Ken, I admire your courage, your honesty. No. You're fired. No, no. <laughs> Wait, you just can't fire me. I can't, eh? No, I've been too loyal to the craft people. Yeah? You know something? Most people throw away the wrappers to their Philadelphia cream cheese. Yeah? At our house, we save them. You saved a rapper? Yes, sir. My wife is very clever. Really? I'm the only fellow in town who wears tinfoil shorts. <laughs> well, Ken, I'd like to see you some. Listen, that's carrying loyalty a little too far. But I'm loyal to Kraft, too. But being loyal almost broke up my home. Oh, no. How'd that happen, Al? Well, look, one night, when I was talking in my sleep, I do that often, yeah. I kept whispering gently, Velveeta. Velveeta. <laughs> And my wife thought I was in love with another girl. <laughs> yeah. Al, please, don't fire me. I love working with you. You're so full of energy, so mm. talented, so magnetic, so dapper. Just a minute, Ken. You're hired again. I thought so. <laughs> now, come on, give me a little more of that soft soap. Okay. Al, you're so... You're so... So... So, so, so. <laughs> you're stuck for words, Ken. Maybe I can help you out. Well, anything you can throw in, Mr. Levant. Al... I think you're not only bumptious, arrogant, and egregious, but also querulous and contumacious. Well, you know, the funniest thing, the only reason I don't know what those words mean is because when I went to school, they had short blackboards. Al, I want to ask you. Yeah. Did you read the papers today? Did I? Sure I did. United States Steel went up two points. And shoulders in a lot of trouble. Oh, I read that. Oh, yeah. You ought to look at the front page once in a while. I just wanted to know if you read the item in the paper about Sir Thomas Beecham, the famous British conductor. Oh, I read that. He said that musicians shouldn't be stuffy because he's seen orangutans play French horns and monkeys play pianos. <laughs> Oscar, wouldn't it be cute if we had a monkey instead of you playing the piano? <laughs> I wouldn't talk if I were you. The other day, I heard a dog singing on a radio program. A dog? Yes, sir, and he was twice as good as you, Al. No. He sang Mammy on four knees. <laughs> Oscar, you know, that, that worries me a little. Honestly, I don't know. I, I wouldn't like to be replaced by a dog. Really, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry, Al. No? I hardly think in the next Jolson story that they'd hire Lassie to sing for Larry Parks. <laughs> well, no matter what that Sir Beecham guy says, Oscar, I, would, I wouldn't worry about a monkey replacing you. I don't think they'd want to drill a hole in the piano bench for the monkey's tail. <laughs> 
Well, that's the way I play, but it's a little complicated and I'll forget it. <laughs> By the way, Oscar, last week you played Un Petit Portion, which means a little bit of uh, Rachmaninoff. Would you mind, if you can get away from the spray, would you mind give me a little more of that Rachmaninoff? kitchen one of those short order places where a sandwich or a snack must come forth at almost any time? Well, then certainly you know the delicious craft cheese spreads that come in the handy reusable glasses. But have your folks tasted all eight of these famous spreads so they can pick out their top favorites. For instance, almost everybody knows the creamy, delicious craft pimento and olive pimento and craft pineapple cheese spreads. But does your family know craft relish spread and golden old English and zestful roca and craft Limburger spreads? And then there's the newest craft spread called Smokel, a tantalizing blend of cheddar and hickory smoke flavors. Tomorrow, pick out a good assortment. Get craft cheese spreads, the quality cheese spreads, packed in the smart posy pattern glasses you'll use again and again. <laughs>
this is. Every couple of weeks, you play the saber dance. Why? I made a record of it, and I want to remind the company to put it out. <laughs> well, what? Now, look, why don't you plug some of my songs? Maybe to put them out, too. I'll be glad to. I don't mind the gray skies You make them blue Sunny boy For Oscar, Oscar, that reminds me I'll tell you what my little kid did yesterday Well, we had him... Oh, oh, I had to go to open my big piano <laughs> like Sonny Boy better. But the, really, that was very stirring music. What was it? That's the ride of the Volcure. The ride of the Volcure. Well, the next time he runs, put $2 on his nose for me, will you? <laughs> Al, what? don't kid about good music. Don't kid about good music. I don't. Find me a lost chord and I'll show you some good music singing. What do you think? If I sang it that way, I'd cry too. <laughs> well, now look, for your benefit, I just sang that high class stuff to please you. Now I'll sing something to please me. I think I'll sing about a girl. All you do is sing about girls. What else is there left for me to do? <laughs> uh, Al. Huh? Unfortunately, that's true. Yeah. Uh, who's the girl? <laughs> Who's the girl, Al? Who's the girl? Yeah. Mandy. All right, here's an introduction to her. Where is it? <laughs> Mandy, there's a minister handy, and it sure would be dandy if we let him make a fee. So don't you linger. Here's a ring for your finger Isn't it a humdinger Come along and let those wedding chimes Bring happy times For Mandy and me Oscar, look, before I do any more singing, I feel a little rusty. I think I'd better exercise my pipes a little, if you don't mind. Give me a fa, so, la, ti, do, will you? Sure. Fa, fa, so, la, ti, ti, ti. I wonder if I can make the next one. You'll make it all right. It's do. <laughs> Not good, though Very good, Al I like you best in those simple tunes Yeah uh, You just exercise your voice Yeah 
You mind if I do a few exercises? No, Oscar. The piano is yours. Go right ahead. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought you were going to exercise on the piano. I tried it once and fell off. What? <laughs> Oscar, look. If you're uh, if you're interested in building muscle, yes, lift a box of Velveeta sometime. Yes, but right now, help me while I lift a tune from Oklahoma and make it pretty. Don't throw bouquets at me Don't please my folks too much Don't laugh at my jokes too much People will say we're in love Don't sigh And gaze at me Your sighs Are so like mine Your eyes Mustn't glow like mine People will say we're in love. Don't start collecting things. Give me my rose and my glove. Sweetheart, they're suspecting things. People will say we're in love. Sweetheart Al, you know you just amazed me. Mr. O'Keefe, may I call you Waller? Well, let me tell Go you something. Go ahead. You amaze me, too. Uh -huh. You know, I've been hearing you on your quiz program, double or nothing. Yeah? Now, tell me something. This really puzzles me. Yeah. Where do you get all the money that you give away? We have a drip pan under your vault. <laughs> well, I'm honored that you listen to my program. Well, I do. Because I've always been a great admirer of Well, you. I'm thanking you. Well, I'm glad, Kingfish. You know, when you were on Broadway... <laughs> Kingfish, when you were on Broadway, you were a great inspiration to me because I wanted to be in the theater, too. But my parents insisted I go to school. Ah, uh, they were right, Waller. Yes. Every boy should go to school and learn reading, writing, and grain buying. <laughs> oh, but Alberto, my love was the theater. Yeah. School didn't interest me. Finally, I couldn't stand it any longer. And at the age of 42, I ran away from home. <laughs> Forty-two. Mm. Gosh, you were just a baby. <laughs> Compared to some people, yeah, with yeah, 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 yeah. Cross. Al, now yeah, look, Crosby. you're a successful man. Yeah. You've got bank accounts named after you. But I had to struggle. I had to struggle. You should never step on laughs, Jolson, yeah. should I? <laughs> All right. But I had to struggle to get where I haven't reached. That's where the laughs are supposed to be. But anyway. Walter, <laughs> my boy, we've all had it rough sometime or other. Yeah. I remember when I started in show business, I used to watch the celebrities eating at Lou Shout's restaurant in New York on 14th Street. Uh -huh. 
Night after night, I'd stand it with my nose pressed against the window. How long did that go on, Al? About two months. After that, my nose held its press by itself. <laughs> that I don't understand. Here I, I am. Nose, Look, yeah. let me explain. I am an Irish actor in Hollywood, and no one asked for me. Well, no, I can't uh, understand that, me boy. King Fisher, Pat O'Brien, gets me off well, <laughs> I tried to be a tough Irishman. They do it with Jimmy Cagney. Yeah. I tried to be a fatherly Irishman, and they had hired Pat O'Brien, Mayor O'Dwyer's permanent guest. Yeah. But I didn't give up. No. I became a handsome, well-groomed Irishman, and they hired Maureen O'Hara. <laughs> I had the same trouble, too. They kept hiring Barry Fitzgerald. <laughs> Walter, look, didn't they give you a reason for not using you in a picture? Yes, they did, Al. It seems that I have just one bad camera angle. What is it? From the front. <laughs> but I don't really care. After all, what is That's Hollywood? That's right. What is Hollywood? What is Hollywood? Take it easy. I'm not in condition. <laughs> what is Hollywood? <laughs> Hollywood is a small town in California entirely surrounded by Luella Park. <laughs> you're right, Walter. Fame in Hollywood is so fleeting. One day you're putting your footprints in cement, the next day you're back mixing it. Mm. <laughs> Oscar's always saying philosophical things. So he is. Why he enjoyed just sitting around listening to himself talk. Mm. Why not? I'm the most interesting person I know. <laughs> You have a unique and nauseating charm. Look, Oscar. I want to have you put me straight on something. Didn't you write a book uh, a while ago? Yes, I call it A Smattering of Ignorance. I read it, and you were too modest. In the book, you showed much more than a smattering. That's a shattering, you mean. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Walter. And mm -hmm. if I've said anything nice to you, I was misquoted. Oscar, look, don't be so touchy. Gee whiz. Oh, God. Well... When people say nasty things to me, I just smile, shake hands, and call my lawyer. <laughs> Look, Al, if you don't mind my changing the subject, do either of you fellas know that this week is the anniversary of the discovery of gold in California? Do you know that? Uh, you're very Did informative. You know it's your turn to talk. Did you know that? <laughs> you're pressing on those silences, Walter. <laughs> That was a time when all America rushed west to dig for gold. And it was too late because Jolson and Crosby got there ahead of them. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I wasn't digging for gold. I was burying it. <laughs> Say, when you mentioned Crosby, Walter, I, I've got to tell you, I was thrilled a few weeks ago when I heard you and him singing that song about me, you know, on Bing's program. Oh, you mean the Calypso song, Jolson, the radio find of the year? Yes, and I want to thank you, Walter. I wish there was a way I could thank Bing, too. Why don't you call him up? Look, I've got a better way for us, Al. Better way for you. Here's a song that I wrote, and it's called Crosby, the Bank of America's Joy. Well, that's for me. That's for me. Let's ask Lou Bring to give us a little calypso, and we'll serenade the grown-up. Let's have Senor Crosby, what a man. Very popular. You must admire him. And idolize him, the whole world of the singing star. Unless your West Rebecca doesn't like anybody living or dead or expected. This guy, Der Bingle, can sing a jingle. He sings with all his soul. This former yokel makes with a vocal. Of course, he still can learn from Jolson. But not from Jessel, a great man. Senor Crosby, he's the idol of the little girls in schoolrooms. And those guys who live and die in fancy pool rooms. I'd be content with half his talent 
Or better still, his last bank balance. Heavy depositor being is the reason for Bank of America's going. Oh, boy. But he still needs me for his hooper, I'll you know. describe him. What's he like? Is he smartly dressed? Oh, ho, ho. No, no, no. One look at Bing and you're depressed. Those clothes haven't looked good since he was in diapers and he looks so cute with the bottle. Red, pink, and purple all mixed together. That's what he thinks has class. He's such a hobo. He should play oboe. He really looks like a disaster. Disaster. A great man. Senor Crosby and his wife, poor girl, is always in a quandary because her husband looks just like a bag of laundry. But still, he's debonair and careless. At 45, he's almost hairless. Always in peace of war. Heavy depositor, fabulous troubadour, heavy contributor. He'd get just to be a bore. That's what the banks are for. Bank of America's joy! At your house, or little Friday or Saturday night parties have to spring up without advance notice. Junior brings home a buddy. Sister's beau is there. Or the folks down the street drop in, and then it's... Mother, what have we got to eat? Well, if that's the way things go at your house, you certainly should never be without Kraft cheese spreads. Set out several Kraft varieties with a plate of crackers or bread and the toaster, and the refreshments are on. Kraft gives you eight different varieties of quality cheese spreads to choose from, some with a hearty flavor, some deliciously mild. And, of course, they're all packed in the smart, posy pattern glasses every household finds so useful. So tomorrow, pick a large enough craft assortment so you'll have plenty of these delicious spreads, not only for a snack tray, but for husky lunchtime sandwiches, too. Remember, the name Kraft on a cheese spread label is assurance of quality, wholesome, good eating. Folks, I guess you know by now that I'm truly having the greatest thrill of my life these days because of the happiness that our new little baby has brought to our home. When I bend over little Ace's crib, I get the same kick that poet Jay Holland must have gotten when he wrote, he laughs and cries and eats and drinks and chuckles and crows and nods and winks as if his head were full of kinks. Well, I know millions of you have experienced the same joyous moments. To me, folks, it's the nearest thing to heaven. And that sentiment is one I've humbly tried to put into song. Nearest thing to heaven is that rippling sunny smile. Nearest thing to heaven is to hold him for a while and feel those tiny little hands pulling at my tie. How he laughs when he musses my hair and pokes his little finger in my heaven are those rosy 
apple cheeks. I've learned to understand him every time he speaks. I'm just like his mommy, he's everything divine. That rippling sunny smile and nearest thing to heaven oh, is to hold him for a while and just like his mommy he's everything Good night, folks. Walter O'Keefe appeared to the courtesy of the Campbell Soup Company. Tune in again next Thursday when our special guest will be Ed Archie Gardner from Duffy's Tavern. Ken Carpenter saying good night. Stay tuned into this station to hear Jack Carson with Eve Arden, who will follow immediately. Have you tried Kraft's delicious prepared mustards? They're really different. Creamy, smooth for easy spreading and blending, seasoned with extra care to bring out that true mustard flavor. For the folks who like mustard that's mild and delicately spiced but tangy, golden Kraft salad mustard. And for sharper tastes, buy Kraft mustard with snappy horseradish added. Get them flavor fresh from your dealer tomorrow. <laughs> This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.